0: Hey, welcome to the Husker Cuzcast Sports Show, the official podcast of HuskerHype.com. Justin here, along with the cousins, Derek and Tyler. Guys, there's a lot to get into tonight. We have Nebraska ball, final week of recruiting, and the Senior Bowl. But first, let's talk about the big story that's emerged from Lincoln this week or today. And on social media, and that would be the, uh, the story with uh, Tyjean Lindsey and Dylan Owen being hospitalized last week for rhabdomyolysis. Uh, rhabdomyolysis, it's a serious syndrome that results from the death of muscle fibers and release of their contents in the bloodstream, which can lead to complications such as kidney failure. Sounds pretty serious, though, right, guys? Derek, what do you think about the story?
1: Oh, you know, I kind of wanted to give them a pass on it and think, okay, they just need to work a little harder, blah, blah, blah. But then I started remembering that we just so criticized Oregon for the same thing last year. And that strength and yeah. conditioning coach ended up being, like, I believe it was like a six-week-long suspension out of that deal. Dude. I don't know if that should happen with Duvall, but I, I don't know, something... Something probably needs to be done about this. It does sound pretty serious. It's not, I from what I hear it's fairly easily treated, but it's still not something you want. Safety needs to come first. I mean we that's the way football is going, that's the way it's been going. And it needs to continue to go that way.
0: Well, I believe Bill Moose came out and said that Zach Duvall will not be disciplined for what happened here. And, uh, you know, I guess we can be just like everybody else that uh, the Wikipedia experts, you know, find out what rhabdomyolysis is and uh, talk about it. Uh, so, I mean, I guess we're, we are doing that here. But, uh, you know, what I what found about reading that and talking to my wife, who's a nurse, with uh, with this, the syndrome is... You know, you you never know the whole story with what happened with the player, you know, like the dehydration level and their level of work. And, you know, if they've been uh, coming over a sickness, they're going to be more susceptible. It happens. But around the country, this this is fairly common. It happens at all levels of sports, you know, just not football. Women's athletics are affected. High school athletes, every, everything. So, uh Tyler, what do you think about this
2: whole scenario? You know, I, I think Derek really rightly said, you know, that you've got to be cautious with the players. I think the day and age of football, um, you know, you definitely got to be mindful of the kids and the health of the players. I mean, it, it does nothing good for the program if a guy like Tajon Lindsay is now going to have to sit out a month to recover. I mean, that that's definitely not good for the program. But, you know, there there is a little bit of me that uh, – appreciate being the athletes being pushed. I think the athletes appreciate it. Um, I think that's a great way to bear, build character. I, I, you know, I'm not going to accuse Devault of not being, uh, responsible with these kids, but I, I, just hope there was responsibility there. I, 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 trust Moose to vet that out. And hopefully there were just factors from maybe the condition of the kids coming into, uh, winter conditioning or dehydration or wherever they were. but, um, I will be very curious, um, and I think this is definitely something to keep an eye on with the strength and conditioning program.
1: Scott Frost told him to be ready to work in January. Apparently, they didn't listen.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, Zach DeFall he did this uh, the same workout apparently at UCF the previous two years, and we haven't heard that there's been any issues with the syndrome there. Uh, so it kind of makes you wonder was it the exact same workout at UCF did they did he change it you know you're right Tyler was he at fault uh, go ahead
2: yeah I and I I just you know there are player fans on Twitter right now bashing the players for not being in shape or going out and praising this staff or the kids getting sick and for those fans they they, they can go to hell I mean that is just Dude, let's not accuse these kids for not working hard um, in the past or whatever. I, I think they're just they may not have been in the conditioning they need have been. they may have been. Um, I, I just think anyone who's using this as a point of brag about how this program is turning a leaf probably needs to get a life and not be in a sick way, a little happy that kids are getting sick and uh, you know hopefully not really threatening way.
0: You know, you're exactly right. I had kind of had to shut off Twitter today because, you, you know, you had two two extremes. You had the people kind of bashing the players and kind of proud that the coaching staff was working them, which is complete dick moves on their part. But then you had this other, the other end of the spectrum, like the self-righteous elite out there, uh, you know, with all their propaganda, like they're so high and mighty uh, bashing them. It, it was just... I just had to shut it off. It was, it was bad. I hope the players, they recover fully. Uh, but it sucks.
1: It really does. Uh,
0: anything else on this before we move on?
1: Just glad I stayed off Twitter. Apparently. Yeah,
0: it was, it was a good day to stay off Twitter. Yes, it was. um, Let's, uh,
2: between, I'm sorry, between that and the Zach Darlington leaving, and oh, yeah. that 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 kid, um who gave a lot to the university, yet his scholarship did pan out um still in Justice Thunder here. but there there are people bashing him, really? Uh, oh, yeah, the, he, you know, he never really quite made it as a player. He was a waste of a scholarship and all this stuff. and and again, I, I think these people that go out there and say stuff on Twitter that, I mean, I think we should be able to take away some Twitter access for some folks. If you say something that stupid, (laughs) I I think you should be banned from Twitter for a week uh, or at least be forced to follow the Iowa Hawkeyes for like a month or something. Like there needs to be an extreme punishment for saying stupid stuff like that. So So were they still bashing him? That was always one of the best things that Bo Pelini ever did really was
1: offer that or honor that scholarship with that guy. And I actually, I actually respected the the new staff or the Reich Riley staff for holding up to it too, because they could have easily just just as easily cut that guy. Yeah.
0: Did you see Zach Darlington's tweet out there uh, where you know he thanked uh, Coach Polini and Coach Frost, you know, for the opportunity uh, in his farewell tweet thanking the fans and the coaches. Not once did he mention Riley. I thought that was interesting. Did you guys see I- that?
2: i I did did too but he did i did too but he did mention all and all current and former coaches and you know i am not going to try to read too much into the him not thanking mike riley um for that um i'm just going to choose that but i think you know you you saw players like jordan westerkamp speak about how he helped the wide receiver room and and again this is a guy who played with passion you know a memory when uh you know, when you Mike Riley had him as a holder and he had that two point conversion, that was a very nice memory from college. And, you know, with him transferring and and deciding to serve the country and enlisting in the army. I mean, I mean, this guy truly is a, a great Husker.
0: He is. Dark.
2: Well, well let, let's face it. There's not a lot of Husker Nation that's going to
1: thank Mike Riley for anything. <laughs> <laughs> I
0: mean,
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, true statement.
0: All right, uh, enough about that. Let's move on to Nebraska ball. Exciting win uh, last night. Uh, 74-63 win over Wisconsin. Did you guys watch this game? It was talk about uh, this thing. Up and down is a roller coaster ride. We're down big. We're up big. We're down big. Holy cow, what a game. Big win on the road. Derek, what would you think?
1: Well, you talk about being up and down. You realize with under 10 minutes in the second half, we were down by 11 points, and we end up winning by 11 points. That's a big swing. That just shows you how focused these guys were in the the final minutes. Now, I wish they could kind of put a whole game together rather than go on these four- and five-minute-long scoring droughts, but I'll take the win no matter how it comes. And it was exciting. It was fun to watch especially considering we almost every player we had had to play because everybody was in foul trouble through most of the game. And we, we ended up with two guys fouled out by the time the game was over.
0: It, it's interesting you say that. You know, we kind of like had to empty the benches there, but the stat line at the end of the game, only five guys had any points in that game. That was that was crazy to uh, be able to emerge as a, uh, Winner in that game on the road, tough environment, and only five guys can get two points. Huge. Tyler, what would you think?
2: Well, you mentioned scoring. I mean, you got to start with J.P. Jr. I mean, Palmer has been balling out these last couple games. I mean, back-to-back 28-point games over the last six has averaged 25 points. And to do this on the road um, where we've struggled, especially at the Cole Center, um, I've had the displeasure of sitting through a couple games there where Wisconsin is one, that's a loud arena. That is a really hostile crowd in Madison. I mean, that's a big victory to go on the road. Uh, You know, that, you know, that kid is quickly becoming one of the better Huskers I've seen in my lifetime. But, you know, we we talked about the basketball team last week and this talking about the three game stretch. And I, I don't think we've gotten much love from the national media, but we are positioning ourselves really, to have a good chance at making the tourney, tournament right now. I, I truly believe that. And, and th- we won a couple road games this last week and that, that, that was very key into us having a shot to get there.
0: Today. I went on line, uh, checked ESPN, CBS sports, all their bracketology, uh, anything that I could f- find really. And I'm not seeing much love, for, uh, for Nebraska, make it in, make it in to the tournament. Uh, ESPN only has the Big Ten with four teams. I think CBS Sports did as well. That's uh, it's kind of kind of crazy, considering you know we had uh, four games in the last eight days prior to this. Geez, we got to wait until was it next Monday before we play again against Minnesota. Tuesday. That's a long layoff. Is it Tuesday? Tuesday. It's a long layoff.
1: Yeah, they can rest and, up and, at least. And and, you know, the thing thing that's impressed me so much with this team is they're doing so many things that we've never done in the Big Ten, like beat Michigan, or that was the first time we've ever won at Wisconsin. I mean, they're doing things that Nebraska's never done in basketball since we've been in the Big Ten. I realize it's not like we've been in the Big Ten for 100 years, but I mean, baby steps, guys. And this is the fastest we've been to. What are we at? 18 wins now. Is that right? Or is it 17?
0: 17. 17, 17 and eight. But eight and four in the Big Ten. I mean,
1: that's but that. But this is the fastest. This is the fastest under uh, under 10 miles that we've been to. 17 wins. Yeah. So got, I mean, they're uh, doing so many stuff. good things to be ignored, like they are, and it's pretty bad when even Scott Van Pelt on ESPN has to come out and
2: say say that it's time to quit ignoring Nebraska.
1: Good.
2: yeah they i missed it that's all i give, give me a little svp love i mean he's one of my favorites and uh <laughs> yeah I, I you know i i think that minnesota game that countdown to that that's gonna be a big road game i mean that's probably our last i guess road test I mean, and i don't even know if you can call minnesota even a test at this point but um i mean they definitely struggled since we beat them do you guys remember about a month ago when we beat minnesota and we were all excited like yeah. Woo-hoo! victory over minnesota and I don't know if they've won a game since then. I mean, they've been pretty <laughs> terrible, but... Well, they've, um, they've had a few injuries that have
1: hurt them pretty bad, too.
0: Yeah. And yeah, rapists. Wow. I'm,
1: well, <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to hold that back. All right. I yeah, wish, yeah, I, I, good, wish I had more...
0: To <laughs> uh, <laughs> all right, let's move on to recruiting. Uh, this is the last full week of recruiting. Uh where we stand right now in the recruiting rankings 24 seven has us at 23rd rivals has us 18th ESPN has us at 28th in the recruiting rankings. So we're kind of all over the board here. Uh, Tyler, what's our big gets this week?
2: Well, you know, I, Scott Frost was down in Texas today. Uh, so I, I thought about sending him a message and see if he wanted to meet up with you for a beer and come on on the podcast tonight. But, uh, I, I'm hoping he's busy visiting Maurice Washington. Uh, you know he's a four-star running back uh, number 10 in the country um from the running back p- perspective he obviously had a really good all-star game um, you know we're we're really making a push to get him now that his academics are up there uh, you know and i we've talked about this before on the podcast but it's just a marvel to me the the previous coaching staff did not find a need for running back we've already brought in Greg Bell and trying to get another running back um, another guy that i really hope we finish strong on is uh, Javante on Baptiste. Let's get, uh, he was in town this last weekend. Um, number 16 overall off, uh, outside linebacker, um, four star, the guy looks like he could translate. I mean, he, he could be a really big difference maker. Um, I haven't actually heard when he will announce, but a guy who will be announcing Saturday that we made the final three is, uh, Matthew Tago. Uh, he is a athlete. Um, we are the only school to offer him at quarterback. And it seems like our biggest competition is going to be Trent Bray in Oregon State, who's trying to get him to play linebacker. So I think it's going to depend on where he wants to play. But we could possibly bring in two quarterbacks, this recruiting class, uh, which is a crazy notion. I mean, it, it's going to be a crazy weekend. I've been critical of the recruiting class, but we could finish with a hell of a recruiting class if we can bring in, especially those first two names that I mentioned.
0: I failed to bring up Cameron Jones. Big oh, yeah,
2: I I did. I I did forget that. I was going to save Derek a little love over there, but uh, <laughs> the, the 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 big the big commitment over the weekend uh, that that was a huge get for the Husky and Frost staff. So,
0: Derek, what did you think?
2: Oh, I was an absolute big get. I, we uh, he's a position
1: that we could use a little help i mean safety's good. we got plenty of safeties i guess but i mean we could still use it. we can always use talent back there uh, that jean baptiste he's the one that i'm looking forward to the most that guy i think he if if we can get him will be a stellar player cuz if we don't get him he's probably going to ohio state which means we're going to, have to face him for the next 4 years and i don't want to have to yeah. do that
2: no yeah, we definitely don't and i i, I think it, it, he he is a guy that Whenever you can look at who you're competing against and take talent away, I think that's always a fun thing. And you know with Cameron Jones, taking away from the row the boat guy in Minnesota and bringing him to Nebraska, that that that's always fun when you can take talent away from other Big 10 schools.
0: All right, let me ask you guys this. Uh, headed in this headed into next week, what is the biggest position of need? Derek
1: Probably offensive tackle. I mean, if you want to really, really want to break it down to one specific position, I think we could still yeah. use a good tackle. That, that seems to be the one spot that the, this staff's really going after pretty hard. That we just can't seem to get anybody to commit
2: where we need them to. Tyler, yeah, you know that that the tackle's interesting. I mean, we we are making major ground on a kid who I think is going to do a midweek visit in Jalen Robinson out of Lawrence, Kansas. Um, he he isn't currently ranked by twenty four seven, but I'm sure he can make some ground. We look to be his only Division one offer. I think they're at the staff; they really want to bring in um, a big push down the stretch.
1: Is that that sure. six foot eight, three hundred fifteen pound kid?
2: Uh he's a big old boy. I'm not sure on his metrics, but that that he does seem like I think a Zach Stirrup type of guy um, in that kind of size.
0: Derek, I think you're thinking of the JC kid out of what, Garden City Community College.
1: No, I don't think so.
0: Okay.
1: I, I remember reading about a kid that – I can't remember his name off the top of my head, but I remember, I remember saying exactly that, that he wasn't ranked by any of the services. Yeah,
2: I, I You might be a little bit tall on him, but I think that the, you're in the ballpark. Um, he might be, like, closer to 6'6", six six, but um, he, he's a big old boy. Yeah. Uh, but, no, I mean, I think you're looking at him. Um, Jarrett Bell's another offensive lineman out of California. He's an offensive guard. We're competing with Alabama and UCLA for him. Um, he is a three-star, number 21 offensive guard. But he, there are some people who think he could move to tackle. I mean, when these high school linemen, you don't know where they're going to end up playing when it's all said and done. I mean, a lot of these kids translate one way or another. And, um, you, you know, there there's a lot of possibility with bringing it in. But I think tackle's a really a good one and I I still am not convinced that we don't need another wide receiver this class um I think that's becoming really few and far between any hopes of Joshua Moore is kind of going down by the wayside as it seems like Oregon will probably be uh his likely destination when it's all said and done unless A&M pulls it out but um yeah I think I think one more wide receiver could be a really big get if we could get this class
1: but yeah, obviously we need at least one more wide receiver since Zach Darlington's leaving, right?
2: <laughs> Man, the difference maker.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> True that.
1: All the love to Zach Darlington. I hope he listens. I, I don't mean to. I don't mean to take any stabs at the guy. I, I hope the best for him. Uh, okay. but, but, but you gotta service. have some jokes, right? Sure.
0: All right. So out of the remaining guys that we have left. Uh, what is the one player that you hope that we snatch out of all of these,
2: Tyler. I My number was Maurice Washington. Um, that 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 guy, he could play defense if we need him at defensive back. I don't think we need the help at running back. But Deion Sanders came out and said this guy could be a Heisman winner. Um, I mean he he would he would become, I believe, our number two recruit in this class. Um. Yeah, he he would be he'd be a huge get um if we could pull him in and I think anytime we get that pipeline in Texas with that athleticism um we saw what he did and I I, I don't know if it was the under armor game or the um Army All-American game but what he just he had he was MVP, he had a great game. Um if we could land him, he he's the guy who could really pull it out.
0: Derek, who do you have your eye on as your number one guy that you could get? I I got to stick
1: get. with that Javante Jean Baptiste. He just the guy's quick on the edge, and I just—I'm not sure if we have any really good outside linebackers right now. So I got to yeah. stick with him. I running back, I think we're probably serviceable, but outside linebacker, I'm just not—I'm not sold that we have the talent we need for a four, for a three-four defense. So I I, th- I think Jean Baptiste is probably my go-to guy.
0: Tyler, who who else do you have your eye on that uh, you really hope signs on the, bo- uh, on the dotted line?
2: You, you know, I, Cam Taylor's an athlete. Um, I want to say he's out of California, but um, that I definitely think would be a good get. I mean, he looks like he could translate a couple different places. Um, but this class where it's at, it's filling up. Um, Cameron Jones was a guy that I really wanted. Watching his huddle video, he looks athletic. Um, you know, he had a lot of tackles. He seems like he can come up and play. Um, he's not, I don't want to say not good in coverage, but he only had one interception last year. Uh, he had a couple of kick returns, but he, you know, he, he was, um, a guy that seems like he can come up in the box a little bit. Uh, you know, other than that, I mean, you're getting a little bit thin in some of these players. And one thing that I will credit the staff for is I feel like they've done a good job of plugging holes with this recruiting class. I, I don't, I don't think we're going to be, uh, I don't think we're going to be at going into signing day left with a uh, empty beer in our cans. Uh, I think we'll, we'll we'll get something out of this um, this class, and and it, it could be end up being one of the better classes we put together. Uh, it's gonna it could be very impressive down the stretch.
0: So it's funny how this class has evolved from under Riley, where we didn't know if we were going to have like fifteen to eighteen open spots. Uh, then you know, like hey, we can get twenty twenty-two around there. We're sitting at twenty. How many more recruits can we get,
2: I, I, you know, I think we got room for uh, four, and now with Darlington leaving, possibly five. Um, you know, there's going to be attrition, and I, I, I really wonder what the coaching staff knows. I mean, th- some of these recruiting trends, especially that running back, um, has been interesting, and, and it'll be really interesting to. It'll be very, very curious if we could pull in four or five more guys down the stretch. Yeah. Derek.
1: Another guy, I was a little surprised that you haven't brought up Tyler. Is that Tyon Palmer? Is that right? Yeah, That Cornerback yes. out of Georgia. I think he's another four-star. That uh, he's cornerback though, and that's probably another position that we really kind of need.
2: Yeah, I, I didn't bring him up because I really don't think we're going to land him. Um, I, I I don't know. I mean, it, it, who knows? I well, it's between. I us think and he's an I mean, yeah. It, yeah, because I, I was going to say, I, I didn't know if it was top two or three, but um, I thought he was a pretty decent lean to the sand down south. Um, but, you know, corner, you know, that was a position a couple weeks ago I thought we needed. Um, Cameron Jones could translate to a corner. I, I You know, Cam Taylor could. Um, you know, there's a lot of these guys that we, I think we're going to be good at defensive back. Well, it's going to be a lot of
0: fun. Are you guys taking the uh, day off of work on Wednesday to follow it? Any need to? No,
2: no not anymore. (laughs) If if we were stuck with the one signing day, I think that was an event to take off work. Now you're going to be looking at three or four commitments, and I I think there's only a couple guys that will be question marks coming on that day.
1: Well, I think that uh, Gene Baptiste, I think I want to say, I think I've seen something about him committing on that day. Uh, Tyon Palmer, Maurice Washington, all three of them guys, I believe, are committing on signing day but but yeah you're right that for the, the, the original that first signing date in December kinda killed this one I think.
2: Well it it, it did but I think it's added a lot of interest because you know if in the past you you would be back and forth on some of these guys and you didn't really know and I feel like you had a really good idea where your class stood and for the coaches they could really focus in. They're not going around and making trips to Adrian Martinez anymore because they don't need to. And it's allowed them to really focus in on these last few recruits. And, um, I, I, you know, I, the more this has happened, I think this strategy was great. And I think Bo Pliny was an idiot for not liking it. Um, it, or you know, whatever his stance was on sign day. I don't remember if he didn't like it, but I just like to call him Bo Pelini an idiot. But uh, he <laughs> you know, was
1: a big supporter of this. He he actually yeah, wanted to sign yeah, day was. to be whenever
2: the kid wanted to sign. He didn't want to do away with yeah. signing a day. Okay, fair enough. I just like call Bo Pleinian it. But I, I, I just <laughs> at, at the end of the day, I I think that this has added a lot of interest. And my big fear of schools like Ohio State and Alabama coming in and Scooping in these last two or three players that we wanted because maybe they missed on a guy, it hasn't happened. And and probably, that's probably a big kudos to the Frost staff. I mean, they've done a really good job with recruiting. Well, sure. I, I guess if I get to
1: take a stab at your boy, Mike Riley, I guess you could take one at Bull Polini once in a while, too. God,
2: I don't, oh, I don't Jesus want
0: Jesus Christ, guys, get over it.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Move on. I uh, know. I mean, gosh, what's what's worse, having your boy be Bo Pelini or Mike Riley? I mean, <laughs> uh, at least I don't at least I don't have to worry about Bo, uh, Mike Riley coming and like choking me one night, like I.
0: With <laughs> <laughs> Bo's brother crashing the party,
2: Carl! Coral, <laughs> <laughs> Carl, come on!
0: <laughs> All right. Uh, final thing, guys, we got Tanner Lee in the Senior Bowl who play this weekend. Did you guys get a chance to watch that?
1: I fast-forwarded through uh, most of it. I watched the Tanner Lee stuff. Uh, I was really, really surprised to see that he got invited to the Combine. That, that surprised me. After, after yeah. seeing how bad he was in that Senior Bowl, and, you know, I shouldn't say bad. He had some fairly good throws, but the interception and the, and the fumble, are going to be what people remember about him in that game.
0: Well, it's just like, you know, at Nebraska where it seems like, you know, the guy just can't catch a break. He, eh, not so much can't catch a break. He's, He's just not consistent. He just, for every awesome play that he makes, he makes a bonehead play or decision or, you know, just a stupid faux pas and, it, it kills it, and he's on the biggest stage. He doesn't have the Nebraska offensive line to use it as an excuse anymore. You know, he had all stars there, and same song and dance. Tyler, what do yes. you think?
2: Yeah, I, I, you know, I think that Derek's right. At the turnovers. You know, Todd McShay was at practice, and you know, he said kind of some feedback on him. He throws more. Uh, I think his quote was, he throws one of the better deep balls, but turnovers over turnovers are an issue. And I think you look at the tape, that's going to be wit. Um, but I'm not shocked. He got via the combine. Um, you know, you, you, talk about who could end up going, uh, number one overall in Sam Darnold. The guy was an interception machine. I, I think some, as some degree, you kind of think NFL coaching will get rid of turnovers. I think, He's going to look good at the Combine. Uh, I think he will excel uh, as a player in shorts and a T-shirt, and he will look really, really good and maybe move up some boards. Um, the Senior bull just confirmed what we saw at Nebraska, in my opinion.
0: Well, Taylor Lee uh, did have a quarterback coach for two years, an NFL quarterback coach. He'll make nothing it, changed.
1: If, if he makes it to the NFL, guess what? He'll make a good backup to somebody. Yeah,
0: I, I wish him luck. I just I don't see it. I could see I, him,
1: mean, he, I could a, see him being a cheerleader on the sidelines.
2: Rah, rah go, go. I, I huh. think well, in T- huh. yeah, I think Tara Lee was a very good character guy. Um, I think, you know, he 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 has an NFL type body, he can make plays with his arm, he's athletic enough, and I think the question is when you have a guy that prototypically could be an NFL quarterback and he could throw the ball and he could do all this stuff, those are the guys that I they make good backups. And yeah. instead of a guy like Taylor Martinez or Tommy Armstrong, where they don't do things and they're they have to be very specialized in offense, or even a Braxton Miller or you know, uh, JT Barrett coming out, I think those guys are gonna struggle finding a spot because you have to do so much. Tara Lee will be able to run in and he could be a third string or second string quarterback for the either of these teams playing in the Super Bowl Sunday. Um he he could be in that position. So uh that goodwill, I, I'm hoping it I think he has a good shot to get drafted.
0: All right. Well we'll see. We so, got a so few we two people that don't
2: think he could play in the NFL and one guy thinks he could win a Super Bowl ring. All right. <laughs> Dude, did, you, did you see Tom Brady coming out of college? I mean, gosh, that guy. <laughs> first of all, I mean, Justin looked more athletic than he did coming out of college. And Justin no, may be, something right there. That, Justin may be the worst athlete on the planet. Uh, it, it is, it's pretty pathetic. And he probably is more athletic than Tom Brady. Uh, who, hey, maybe he gets with Bill Belichick and who knows what happens. So. Jeez. Godspeed, Tanner Lee.
0: You insult me and my favorite football player of all time, all in the same sentence. You know, I hope I hope Tom Brady gets a Super Bowl ring for every single finger.
2: He, he, he's almost there. Yeah, he's How, he's, how, many, how he's, many rings how does the guy up. have? Does, did he get his fifth six? ring? I mean, he's going for six? No,
0: he already has six, right?
2: No, he's got six appearances. See, I can't even count. Look, I, mean- I lose count over one hand. <laughs> I, I was like, I thought he already had it. This is his seventh Super Bowl, so he's going for uh, one for the thumb. Sweet, let's let's get it going. And, and it only on. your favorite football player would be a Michigan alum. Like, let's just let's get that straight. Like, that's it. Can't well, it can't,
0: well, it can't if be? Nebraska um, would pump out more quarterbacks to the NFL. I guess I'll be rooting for Tanner Leehard.
1: I guess if Brady could figure out how to beat Manning, maybe uh, and Eli Manning, not the good Manning then maybe he'd, he'd already have that fifth ring.
0: Good God, this is the most NFL talk we've had on this show in about <laughs> six months. I'm yep. kind of sad that we uh, broke the mold there. All right, guys, let's get out of here. Uh, uh, as an admin note, next week we'll be recording on Wednesday to recap an electric signing day. So uh, look for us then. Uh, be sure to follow the Husker Cuzcast on Twitter, at Husker cast like us on Facebook, You can find all of our episodes on Podbean and on iTunes. Make sure you check out huskerhype.com for the latest in Husker news. On behalf of Derek and Tyler, we want to thank everybody for listening. We'll see you next week, and as always, Go Big Red.